Okay, so welcome back, everyone. I'm glad to um, be back on today to talk again uh, with another one of my students at IU East. And, you know, it's funny because it may feel like we're talking a lot about anxiety, right? I think this is the third episode that I have done on anxiety. And Y'all, the, the, the take-home message here, I'm hoping, is that we are starting to realize that anxiety happens for so many of our kids, for so many of us. And so I'm trying to have uh, various topics around anxiety so that we can try to, uh, you know, try to give you as much support, as many ideas, things that might click. So hopefully uh, you've been following along to the anxiety series that we've been doing. And so here we are again, as we're sort of at the end of the 2020-2021 school year. And I've been having conversations with folks about just good gravy. Here we go again, you know, another summer transition that we're looking forward to. But Y'all, it's another transition for our kids in terms of the routine and what's normal. And so as we talk today with Alyssa, uh, my student, who I'm going to have introduce herself here in just a second, as we talk today about our school-agers and even our, um, you know, our, our little guys, we want to talk to you about ways that we can use art to really help decrease some of those anxious symptoms. So let's start, Alyssa. Thank you for being here. And please introduce yourself and tell us one fun thing about you. Okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Alyssa. Um, I just graduated from IU East in December of last year. Um, I got my degree in psychology and have been working um, closely here, uh, mostly with children, um, but that's not, I don't think that's going to be my specialization in the future, but I have noticed that I've picked up a lot of interest in it with COVID happening because there's been so many different transitions um, and issues that we've started to face. And so I wanted to kind of put in um, some effort to aid in the alleviation of some of that. Um, and then one like fun fact about me, I guess, is I just actually recently got admitted into DePaul for grad school for their psychology program as well. So I'll be going there in the fall and actually will likely be working again with um, COVID symptoms. So, oh my gosh, I didn't know that happened. <laughs> it <has> just happened. <laughs> Congratulations. That's so fun. You, yes. Good for you. That's great. Okay. So as you've been doing some work, as you have been doing your research, um, over the last couple of months about anxiety, art therapy, school-agers, you know, tell us kind of the first thing you want us to know about uh, anxiety in our kiddos as we are, you know, we're, we're hopefully nearing uh, some, some sort of end of COVID as, as vaccines are coming out. And I know that, um, you know, we still aren't quite sure how that's going to play out, um, but hopefully getting back into a new normal what are you wanting us to, to first know? Unfortunately, um, saying this, I think anxiety has become a little bit more prominent in children, in teenagers, as these things have kind of rolled around. And I think a lot of that stems from not only losing that normalcy that we see in, you know, in school and at home, but also kind of the fear of people getting sick around them or of them getting sick. And then I think also that falls into this new school um, 
ideation that we have where we have just a ton of test taking. It seems like there's a lot more work being put on students of all ages. And that's especially difficult when you're in an environment that doesn't always breed productivity. I think that's causing a lot of issues um, with kids trying to concentrate, you know, um, and people are getting a little bit frustrated with one another because no one really knows exactly how to go about this new lifestyle that we've created. So, you know, talking to a child over the computer and trying to teach them something, you know, it breeds a lot of anxiety on both ends and that's to be expected in a brand new, in a brand new environment. Um, And I think that those are some of the primary triggers for anxiety right now, aside from, you know, these transitions that we were talking about earlier, where, you know, some people are relocating, some people are losing jobs. I think that children pick up on some of that stuff, even if, you know, you don't intend for them to. Um, I think that introducing everybody to the new school environment and to new test taking, um, I think these are a lot of the transitions that we're seeing, especially going into summer, not knowing exactly what to expect, if kids are able to go outside and play like they used to and do things like that. And then going into the new school year, a lot of people are trying to open schools again. Um, the it, It's very difficult to introduce a child to a brand new environment like this for a year or two and then throw them back into kind of the wild and and that you know would make anybody anxious let alone kids yeah so the work that I do I know that you know our school-age kids experience a lot of um transiency really you know a lot of friends move during school um age so we're talking like the k5 k6 range um a lot of uh, parents think, yeah, you know, now's the time to move um, my kids because they haven't gotten established and they're teenagerly years or they aren't in high school yet. And so a lot of folks move um, school. And so this year has been really interesting for kids, I think, because it has been a lot of moving, adjusting friends being in and out of the classroom, us being in and out of the classroom, uh, our teachers being in and out of the classroom. And, you know, I think as we think about what is coming for summer and, and remembering some of those things you're talking about in terms of transitions, if a family is moving to a new job, to a new house, all of those transitions may bring about some different behavioral things from your kids. So we might see, uh, you know, anxiety triggers from our kids and, and that may look like behavior problems or, or anger or, you know, disrespectful attitudes, all of those things can be, you know, indicative of, of the fact that our kid may be struggling a little bit with anxiety or depression for that matter. So as you have been kind of doing some of this uh, research and looking into different things, what are some ways that we can help, um, you know, our kids when we, we think, okay, they may be anxious? Okay, yeah. So um, I do also want to talk a little bit about how it's very difficult for a child in general to express emotions. Um, and then when you're putting them in an environment where they maybe don't understand these new emotions emerging or these emotions are not necessarily you know, quote unquote, appropriate for the environment. It can be especially difficult on the child. Um, And that kind of, you know, can look like 
getting really, really upset really easily, getting red in the face, like tensing of the body. Sometimes outbursts happen or tantrums. Um, and I know that you guys talked a little bit about this in the in episode seven with Madison, where she kind of talked about, um, which is a really good episode in terms of describing what it looks like anxiety wise. You, sh- you should check that out. But I know that there's a lot of it's it's very much a, an idea of, OK, how often is this happening at this point? Um, is your child experiencing these issues far more frequently than usual? Because it's obviously very normal for kids to go through outbursts and tantrums and to get upset over things. But how often is this, you know, affecting them? Is it starting to you know, affect school? Is it starting to affect how they sleep, how they eat, like bathroom procedures, things like that? Um, and in terms of help, and what I found is art therapy was a huge, huge success. Uh, not only going through like a certified art therapist, but even just doing art therapy at home. And I also found that it's really helpful in terms of helping parents too, who are also experiencing this. I understand that parents are going through their own set of anxieties, totally separate from children. And then on top of that, you have your child's anxiety issues, which can lead to some added stressors on top of that. I I love this. I wrote down a couple of things that Uh, I think you're right on track to remind us that our school-agers really struggle with knowing how to express emotion, right? We don't live in a culture where we talk about how we feel all that often. And if we're not intentional about asking our kids, how are they feeling? And then helping them expand their emotional vocabulary beyond just, I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm sad. We have to start giving them some additional words, additional emotions that they can use to describe how they're feeling. And then we have to continue to practice that with them. And so I love this idea of art therapy or, or some, some of the techniques of art therapy, maybe some art projects that we can maybe do with our kids so that we are allowing an additional way to express our emotions besides just using our words. And so I think really the take-home message here is that it is both expanding their emotional vocabulary to help them learn how to use words that describe how they feel, but then also using art therapy as a way to help express some of that emotion, right? I mean, that's the, that's the power of art therapy, right? That we can use it as emotional expression. So how do we do that? You know, I'm, let's say I'm a mom at home and I am not artsy. I'm not crafty. I don't like Pinterest because it's always a Pinterest fail. So what am I supposed to do to help my kid with some sort of art therapy, like you're saying, that might be helpful if I'm not a person who's really all that artsy? For sure. Okay. And also, I think it's really important to note that um, we doing art, even if you're really just not good at it, even if you don't love it, the art therapy that you do with your child is just a reminder of, I mean, they look up to you, right? They start to mimic your, they start to mimic how you handle situations. So aside from just, you know, explaining to them, Hey, this is, this is what you're feeling. And perhaps this is, you know, how you should handle that. These are the words that you should use when you're feeling that way. Um, doing art therapy alongside your child can really help to show them like, Hey, this is what I did when I was younger and this has helped me. And I'm going to carry this on over throughout 
you know, the years as a productive way of taking out my emotions, as opposed to if you were to immediately chastise your child or something of the sort, it, it really shows them a little bit more of a healthy way to kind of take out those difficult to understand feelings. Um, and in terms of how the art therapy works, the absolute best, best way that you can do this is find a spot in your house where you can lay down a tarp of sorts um, and kind of just let your child do what as they please with the art. Um, in terms of like art style, it really doesn't matter. There's You can do clay. Um, you can go to Hobby Lobby, just get the clay that you put in the oven, which is, you know, really easy and it's small. It's not very messy. Or you can do a canvas with paint, drawing, building blocks. Um, there's really no specific way that art therapy should be done but it's important to take note that when you're doing it how your child reacts to the um, art itself is really indicative of how they're feeling about you know that certain topic you know you you start to see children you know paint family members and then if they treat it very carefully it's it's a good indicator of how they're feeling and to allow a child to create something and then destroy it or create something and then, you know, put it away amongst their most prized possessions. Like it allows them to take out those emotions in a productive way. And it also gives you insight as to how they're feeling and maybe some things that they need to work through um, as a child that you can talk to them about. I think it's great. So I love the idea of starting with creating space first, right? So I think in some ways, it's almost like uh, creating both a, you know, both a physical space, but also an emotional space where I'm going to be intentional about spending time with my kid right now, doing something that matters to them, and <laughs> swallowing my fear of messes, and swallowing my fear of not doing it right. And, you know, letting go of all of those expectations, because kids actually don't really have those expectations on their own. You know, kids learn perfectionism from us. And so if we are, you know, constantly picking at the work that we're doing, like you're saying, you know, they will mimic our responses. And so if we go into it with just creating the space to have an open mind and open heart about it, and then seeing what our kids do with the materials that we place out there, you are going to be really shocked at how they react to the materials when you sort of just step back and allow them to have the space. So I think it's, um, I just think it's such a good reminder for us to say, okay, I'm going to let go of all the expectations and I'm going to let go of all of you know, my worries about how this is supposed to go and really just let my kid lead the way. It does an awesome job too of showing children that not only are they not alone in some of the things that they're feeling, but like mom and dad get anxiety sometimes too. And that really normalizes that for them. And, and it makes them feel a lot less isolated about it and a lot more like, okay, like we can go through this together, right? Like it's not, it doesn't, villainize those feelings and make a child feel, you know, more, even more upset than they already are. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I hear sometimes from parents is, 
you know, my kid drew a picture or my kid uh, engaged in this sort of play or art activity, and it was kind of a disturbing image, right? It was a disturbing picture. It was a disturbing or violent um, image. And should I be concerned about it? And the thing that I usually say is that if you feel concerned, it may be worth making a phone call to either your pediatrician or to a local mental health therapist who can, you know, right now, we, um, you know, we have the the option to have more accessibility because of telehealth. But we are also in great need for more qualified mental health therapists, particularly with kids and adolescents. So if you're a person who's feeling like I may need to get my kid in, I've been kind of thinking about it for a while, it's time to call and get yourself on the list because some therapists may have a waiting list, but go ahead and get them on the list. If your kid during this time says or, or engages in any way that makes you worry about self-harm or suicide, then please, um, you know, try not to freak out in the moment, um, but make sure that you are uh, getting some help pretty immediately and, and make sure that you're taking good care of your kid if it, if, it, if it illuminates anything that makes you really worried in that way. Yeah, for sure. No, these feelings are very heightened right now. Um, and it's, I don't want to say normal to see some of these feelings, but it is a little bit more, I'd say, common right now for kids to experience this of any age. Um, and you should know that the idea of getting help is not, it, it's not reflective of you as a parent. It's just the idea that there's a lot of things going on right now with kids. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult and a little bit past our ability to take care of. Um, and so seeking help is always a good thing and should never be looked at in any negative light whatsoever. Uh, and you can seek out our therapists if this is something that interests you in any way. There are um, also classes that kids can take where it is a, like a free form type of art therapy where the therapist works with many kids at once. And then they can sort of tell you, hey, I've noticed these behaviors and these patterns and kind of talk to you about what the next best steps would be in terms of talking to your child or taking them somewhere else. Alyssa, is there anything else that you wanted to share before we sort of wrap up today? Uh, I just think there's so many good things here. It is just such a, a good topic to really delve into. I think there's a lot of really awesome resources on art therapy. If anybody is interested in looking into that more, um, and it's very easy. You can just look up art therapy. It will come up with a lot of different ways that you can perform art therapy, a lot of different benefits of art therapy. Um, and it can genuinely be of help in lowering stress levels during a time when we're all just kind of very tense and on edge. Uh, yeah, like for the last year. Yeah, or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, Alyssa, thank you for sharing today and thank you for being here. I know that as we continue to share all sorts of information to try to help parents, their kids are feeling a little bit anxious. I hope that parents will take us up on the, the sort of invitation to create some space physically, emotionally, to do some art with your kid and see how it can help both you and your child. And I just really appreciate you being here. And I look forward to when our paths can cross again. And um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you for having me. It's I, it's definitely a very important topic, and it was a lot of fun to look into and to see everything that could be of help. So it's great. Okay, y'all. Thanks for listening, and until we uh, see you again, feel free to reach out if you have any comments or questions or any topics that you want us to cover. Uh, you can email me Beth at makewordsmatterforgood.com, and uh, you can also check it out on the website makewordsmatterforgood.com. Until next time, be safe, y'all.